able to do Philippians, but I'll do that now tonight. Go a little farther as we walk through these chapters together. We're in chapter number three, and uh, last Sunday night we have our last time, but we're going to look at this again uh, tonight. Philippians chapter number three. Look at your Bible. Let's read a couple. Of, let's just read one verse, if you don't mind. Verse number ten. Philippians chapter three, verse number ten. Uh, the first phrase says that I may know him. That's where we want to look at tonight. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being made conformable unto his death. Apostle Paul's writing from prison, and he's writing to prison. He's writing to the church at Philippi. We also remember that at the church of Philippi, the three converts that we know of in Acts chapter 16 um, really was the uh, Lydia, the seller of purple, the slave girl that was making mocking um, Paul's message, and he turned around and, of course, cast out that demon. And then, of course, you have the Philippian jailer. We don't know of anybody else, but we do know that there was a church established. And so Paul, as he writes this letter, he's reminding them of several things and telling them, hey, listen, you need to do these things. And when we last, we, or this last Sunday night, when we looked at Philippians chapter 3, we really kind of walked through basically verses 2 through 10. And I remember me telling you how they, uh, the verses, they're kind of like links, they're ch ch chained together. And so when you talk about one topic, another topic is really uh, attached to it. Very unusual. Usually when you get through your Bible, you can kind of group your verses together. And I don't, it doesn't work really well with this. And it's because Apostle Paul, and Proverbs does the same thing. Apostle Paul says something, and then in his next verse, he explains <clears throat> that something he just talked about, how it's attached to this, but then the next verse talks about how what he just talked about is attached to that. So it's kind of a link on a chain, and that's kind of what, what happened here. So in Philippians chapter 3, last, this last Sunday night, we talked about gains and losses. And Apostle Paul said, hey, listen, these are the gains that I, one time I counted gains in my life. I, I was from the stock of Israel. I was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. I was a Pharisee. I kept the law. I was zealous. He went through all these things and said, listen, these were gains in my life. But he said, I count all those things lost for Christ. And we talked about how the one thing that was the gain to him was mentioned here. Look at your Bible. Let's look at it again. Verse number eight. I'm going to read verse seven. But what things were gained to me, I, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the what? Knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. Now, church, I mean, when he says that, he's really making this first time he used the word knowledge here. He's referring to salvation, knowing the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Let me read, uh, go on to continue in verse eight. He says, the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ and be found in him. By the way, when you got saved, you're in Christ. Amen. There's a lot of prepositions, I guess you'd say, things that talk about us being in Christ or of Christ. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. So Paul's talking about salvation. In verse number nine, he goes on to say, and being found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. In other words, when you got saved, it was because of faith. You believed the Bible. You believed that you were a sinner because the Bible said you were a sinner. You believed that because of our sin, we deserve to go to hell. Because the Bible says you deserve to go to hell. You believe that Jesus paid the sin debt in full and all you had to do was believe and receive by asking him to be your own personal savior. The faith involved in that. So when Paul talks about knowing Christ, he first says, he's talking about this thing of idea of knowing Christ for salvation. But tonight I want to talk to you now on the other side of knowing Christ. Look at verse number 10 now. Again, there's no period at the end of verse number 9. In verse number 10 he says, that I may know him. Now, church, I mean, he first says, I know him because now I'm saved. But now he says, now that I'm saved, I really want to know him. And I want to tell you as a Christian, you should strive every day of your life that I may know him. And I want to talk to you for just a few moments on that tonight. Our Father in heaven, Lord, again, please give us liberty tonight. <clears throat> Father, thank you again for the 
preliminaries, but I ask you to please help preliminaries not to take away from the message tonight. Lord, again, help your people. Lord, I, I know there's many that have worked all day and they're tired. I should give them physical strength. Help all of us, Lord, again, to have spiritual insight tonight uh, to the scripture. Lord, may be powerful enough from the youngest person to the oldest person. Help us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Just me, I wrote a book. Uh, uh, in fact, is it this year's coming uh, that I may know him? Is that this one coming up or no? Was it this year's? All right. We, there's seven of them, uh, different books, or I guess it be six, six different books as far as your daily devotionals. One of, them, the, one of the first ones was called That I May Know Him. All righty. And I took it from this passage right here. Moses makes that statement also in the Old Testament that he might know Christ. Now think about that. Moses was the one that saw all the miracles God used him, met, met God basically face to face to a degree at the burning bush. And he said, even after the children of Israel come out of Egypt, he says, but that, I want to know you. And I want to tell you something, we as Christians ought to strive for that, that we ought to want to know him. Uh, Church family, I made reference tonight to Brother Noel, and to be honest with you, most of you don't even know who Brother Noel was, or, or is, okay? Um, I was trying to find out how many years ago, he says it in the old building is when you used to come, and it was because you were traveling through, he was never a member here, he should have been, but anyway, he's never a member here, <laughs> but uh, he would come through on a regular basis and uh, be in the church services him. And they, they became almost like members because we're starting to see them so much. And it's been all these years. Uh, and again, now he is an assistant pastor in Missouri, if I remember correctly. And uh, so you don't really know Brother Noel. Uh, and for many of you, it may be the first time you've met him, okay? So you would say, well, I know of him, but you don't know him. And I think a lot of Christians are the same way. They know of God, but they don't really know God. And by the way, God wants to know you. I mean, it's interesting that when God, Jesus was talking to the woman at the well, he says, hey, listen, oh, you're supposed to worship him in spirit and your truth. And, the Bible, and here's what Jesus said, the Father seeketh such to worship him. Yeah, you know, it's not a, this is not a game of hide and seek. This is not a matter of God's, you know, in this closet somewhere and you've got to figure out which door is the closet. God doesn't do that. God says, I'm seeking you. By the way, you got saved because he was seeking you. But can I just tell you, so many times, we act like God's just, just a name on a piece of paper. He's not, he's not, it's not a relationship. And I want to tell you on a regular basis, the reason we read our Bible, the reason we come to church, the reason we pray is because we want to know him. We want him. He already knows us, but we want to know him. And so tonight, I want to just point out, if I can do this interlinking of the verses prior to verse number 10 and the verses after verse number 10. Can I just put the chain together tonight? That when Apostle Paul said that I may know him, there's some things that have to happen if that's going to happen in your life. In other words, if you're going to know God, if you're going to know him on a, if I can use the terminology, intimate relationship, close relationship. It's not a 911. Hey God, you got to help me now. It's not a, oh, hey, by the way, it, it's a matter of the first thought of the day, the last thought before I go to bed, it's, it's, every, it's an acknowledgement of every time, everything in between, of knowing him. So tonight, can we just look at these things that Paul kind of puts together on how, why, why Paul could say that I may know him. Let's quickly look at these. Look at verse number three now with me. Before we get to verse number 10, let me just re, kind of work, work this together. When Paul said that I may know him in verse number three, he said, for we are the circumcision which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in what? All right, and we understand that verse 4, 5, and 6, Paul would talked about that if he could have confidence in the flesh, it's because he was circumcised in the eighth day. It's because he was a stock of the stock of Israel. He was of the tribe of Benjamin. He was a Hebrew of the Hebrews. He says, if I could trust in my flesh, have confidence in my flesh, then I would look to these things. And can I just tell you that the reason Paul could know him 
is because he put no confidence in the flesh. Hey, I'm going to tell you something. It, it's, a it, it's really a matter of pride when we start putting confidence in our flesh as if, you know, it's us and not God. All right? Listen to me. I'm an American. I'm very thankful for that. I was born in a Christian home. I'm very thankful for that. I was a preacher's kid. I'm very thankful for that. I got saved when I was at an early age. I'm very thankful for that. I get to be in ministry. I'm very thankful for that. But do you understand that all the things you and I get to enjoy and get to have has no bearing on us knowing God. God does not pay attention to me because I'm a pastor, and God doesn't pay attention to you because you're a member of the Heritage Baptist Church. It's no, there's no confidence in the flesh. It's, it's not a matter of, I don't deserve. What is man that thou art mindful of him, the son of man that thou visitest him? We do not deserve God to take notice of us. And so if you're going to know God, we have to go back to that, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Glory in the Lord. Are you with me so far tonight? Do you understand that if I'm going to know God, I, there cannot be an ounce of pride involved, like I, I deserve God's presence or I deserve God to take notice of me because we don't deserve that. Everything above the zero is a blessing from the Lord. So in other words, everything that I have and get to enjoy, I have to realize it's not a confidence in the flesh. It's all confidence in him that gives me the opportunity to know him. So Apostle Paul, when he comes to verse 10, and he says that I may know him, he makes it very clear the reason I can know him is because there's no confidence, there's no trust, there's nothing about me in order to get to know him. It's all him. Look what he says next in verse number 7. Not only does he say no, there's no confidence in the flesh, he says if you're going to know God, verse 7 says this, but what things were gained to me, those I counted, what? Loss. For Christ, yea, doubtless, and I count all things but what? Loss. Just remember, again, tying all these verses together to verse number 10, can I tell you that I think the second reason that Apostle Paul could say that I know him is because he counted all things but loss. Hey, we, we have to be careful that our jobs and our recreation and our hobbies and the things that we enjoy, the people that we love, you know, we, we got to be careful that we don't allow those things to come. He said, I count all things, meaning all everything. It doesn't matter if it's a person, place, or thing. He says, I count all things but loss so that I can gain Christ, so that I can win Christ. And then he comes to verse number 10, that why? That I may know him. It, it's, not about, <clears throat> it's not about retirement. It's not about my job. <clears throat> it's not about my family. It's about him. You know, it's not about just coming to church and bringing your Bible with you. It's not about... Uh, having a gospel track in your pocket. Do you understand that it's about knowing God and what his will is for your life and hearing that still small voice that he might tell you on a regular basis. When is it time to spank my child? When is it time to reprimand my child? When is it, when is it time to have family altar? When is it time to, for me to, to take the family out and spend time with them? You know, all these things that we think is us should really be dictated by God for our lives because he knows what's best for us. So if you're going to know him, we have to count all things but loss. So Paul says, I want to know him. And the only way that's going to happen is there's no confidence in the flesh. It's not me, it's him. He says that I may know him. He says if that's going to happen, I have to count all things but loss. Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. But lay your tre yourselves treasures where? Lay it in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, what? There will your heart be also. So if I'm going to know him, he's the treasure. My, my heart has to be wrapped around him. How many times have we come to a church service and all we can think about is what we're going to do after the church service? 
our, our thought pattern is, whether it's, whether it's a meal or a recreation or a person that we're meeting, so many times, you know, how long is this service going to last? Now, by the way, church family, I don't, want, I don't like our churches, I don't like services just lasting long for lasting long. I don't mind if they go long if the Holy Spirit's in that. To be honest with you, it really, it, 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 uh, oh, it just bothers me. I don't like doing business meetings. I just do business meetings because I know it's the only way to keep you informed. But sometimes the business meeting can put a damper on things. And the most important part of the service is not the business meeting, it's the preaching of the Lord, of the Word of God. And, I, and I'm so concerned, even tonight, that I've already lost you before we could even open up the scriptures. And that's why we shook hands tonight. I then make sure you're awake again. <clears throat> do, do you understand that if, that if you're going to know him, that we've got to count all things but loss. We cannot have anything. Our treasure should be the Lord Jesus Christ. Young, young person... Uh, if you're not careful, you think about the not here and now. What, what am I going to do for school? And when I graduate from school, what, what, what career am I going to be able to have? And am I going to do this, this, or this? It has to be. Not my will, but thine be done. Where There cannot be anything. We count all things but lost. There cannot be anything or anybody to take us away from knowing what, no, that I may know him. And by knowing him, I know his will for my life. Look what he says next. Paul says, if I'm going to know Christ, I can't put confidence in the flesh. If I'm going to know Christ, he says, I've got to make sure I count all things but loss. Look at verse number 10 now. In verses 10 through 13, again, this linking together to this phrase in verse number 10, that I may know him. In the power of his resurrection and the fellowship, of, fellowship being partnership, fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Not as though I had already attained, either were uh, attained, I'm sorry, neither was already attained, either were already perfect, but I follow after, the word follow after means to pursue, if that, by, uh, if that I may apprehend, meaning to seize, that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. In verse 13, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, in other words, to seize, to have made it, but this one thing I do, forgetting, the word forgetting means to lose out of mind, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. Can I, again, I think all this goes together with Paul. He says, listen, if I'm gonna know him, I've got to apprehend. I've got to continue to go forward in my Christian life. And I can't go forward in the Christian life if I'm constantly turning around looking what's behind me. Now, can, can I just say it's both. It's not just past failures. It's past success. It's not just past faults. It's, it's past victories. You, at, the, at the Christian life, no man putting his hand to the plow and looking back is worthy. God says, hey, listen, it's not a time to see what you've done, bad or good. It's not a time to look back. It's a time to look forward. And if you're going to know the Lord Jesus Christ, can I tell you something? You, you can't live a defeated Christian life because of maybe something that you wish you wouldn't have done. And you cannot live a haughty Christian life because of what you've done in the past. How many times have you met Christians? Well, we used to do this or, you know, when I was a child. You know, what are you doing now for the Lord Jesus Christ? That's about knowing him. I'm not looking backward. I'm looking forward. I've got to draw closer to him. Draw nigh to God. He draw nigh to you. It's a constant movement of going forward. Listen, if you're going to know him... It's a time to forget the past and look to the future. Paul says, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. One thing. I'm, if, out of all the things I think sometimes it's important is we get so tied up or busy or wasting time about where we've been instead of where we're going. It's important. I'm excited about the church plan uh, with Brother Obshindek and, and um, I'm excited about the church plan started. But to be honest with you, I'm excited about getting that one started so we can start the next one. Amen. We, we cannot uh, just do something 
And then look at that. Okay, what's the next step? Where, where are we going? And by the way, it doesn't matter if it's t- talking about the church as a whole or it's talking about you as an individual. Where, where are you at in your Christian life right now? What, what are you doing for the Lord Jesus Christ? You know, revival, and I know we have them in April. Um, our revival coming up in April, I got two, there's two, two speakers coming that week. Um, Dr. Rick Savage is one of them. Who's the other fellow coming? From Texas, I can't remember what his name was now. It's going to come to me halfway through the service, but anyway. But uh, revival is that reset button. We've often said that, it, you know, when you, when you look at what you're, where you're at right now, are you farther or, or, or have you backslidden? Is there been a time in your life where you've been more on fire for God than you are right now? Hey, can I tell you, we, don't, don't be satisfied with what you have done. Be satisfied where you're going and what you're doing. And Paul says, if you're going to know the Lord Jesus Christ, it's a forward, not a backward. It's keeping your eye on him. And so he says, forgetting those things which are behind. Something else, and lastly, this is the last thing, and it goes in, it's verse 14. I think, again, this goes with that, that I may know him. If you're going to know him, he says, I press toward, verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Now, I know that we could say that the mark could be several different things. The word mark simply means goal. I think when Paul talks about the prize of the high calling of God, I think the prize he's talking about is the crowns that we're going to receive, where those crowns will be given, the judgment seat of Christ. Where, that, where is that? It's heaven. Paul kept as his goal, not this life, but heaven, where he was going. I pressed toward the mark. In other words, he moved forward. The word press means to pursue, to press toward. Paul says, I'm going to continue. If I'm going to know him, I've got to continually push forward. Hey, listen, if today you failed in your devotions and you did not read your Bible or you just read a chapter and you usually read three, I don't know what your, what your normal is, but can I just tell you, you've got to pick up from there and go forward. It's like the person who started the year of 2021 and said, I'm going to read through my Bible this year and I'm going to read my three chapters and then what happened is you got halfway through the year and you didn't do it and you just throw the whole thing out. Well, I didn't make it anyway. It's not what you got to do. You pick up. Just man followed seven times, rise up again. You pick up where you left off, but you continue to go forward. We're about to start a new year. You need to set some goals. Why? That I may know him. I've got to continually push forward. All right? <clears throat> How many's warm tonight? Anybody warm tonight or is it just me? Okay, that's why you guys are comfortable. <clears throat> How many 52 and up in here? Do you raise your hand if you're 52 and up. All right, and you're not ashamed of it, all right? All right. If, you, if you want to lie in church, it's okay, all right? <laughs> you know, when you're eight, 17, 18, 19 years old, and you have energy and your metabolism is running, um, but, you know, you, you don't mind uh, exercising or playing sports or doing those kind of things. Now, I know we're all a little bit different. We do that. But how many of you notice that the older you get, you have to pick and choose what exercises you do? It's like the person who said the older they get, that whenever they lean over to pick up something, they look to see if there's two or three things they can do while they're down there. (laughs) They don't want to go down there again. You know, in in, in my life, I I don't exercise like I used to. Uh, The desire has failed, but I know that I need to exercise, all right? So... I, and at this point in time, time of life, I want to do something that gets me some exercise. It's not like I used to. When I was 17, 18 years old, I would run. I'd run miles at night and just for exercise. 
because it, 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 it was enjoyable. I, I, there was just, anyway, the description of, you know, that adrenaline of, of accomplishing, you know, what you're trying to do and goes against the, the flesh as far as the pain to try to finish it and accomplish a goal. It's gone now, but I used to remember those days. But, you know, even at the age that I'm at right now, I know that if I don't get some exercise, this thing's going to go downhill really, really fast. Because this is the shell that God's given us, and this shell is aging. So I have to change the kinds of exercises that I do now, all right? The most of the exercise I do now is with my elbow. <laughs> this elbow is the strongest elbow I've ever had in my life. Just back and forth to my mouth. It just works really, really well. Can, can I just tell you that spiritually speaking, you cannot stop exercising spiritually. Hebrews chapter 5, at the end of the chapter, he says that we exercise ourselves, talking about eating that spiritual meat, that we exercise ourselves by that, by as far as our Bible reading, our prayer. Can I just tell you that, okay, yeah, yes, maybe you read 10 chapters a day. Can I just tell you something? Read five. Maybe there was some time in your life that you spent X amount of time in prayer, but now you're not spending any time in prayer. Can I just tell you that zero exercise causes you to go down spiritually very, very, very fast? You have to continue to press toward the mark. You have to say, listen, I'm not just going to stop because I'm not involved in a certain thing or I'm aging in a certain way or I'm not needed. I'm just telling you as a Christian, you ought to want to know him. And knowing him has everything to do with pressing toward the mark. And that mark, spiritually speaking, is, is that we're all going to be in heaven someday. And until that time, we ought to spend time with him on a regular basis that I may know him. Just me, Moses said to, said to God that if your presence does not go with us, I'm not going. He said, I'm not going into the promised land. I'm not leading these, these Israelites to the Canaan land if you don't go with us. The average Christian is so satisfied with it doesn't matter. If he's not with me, it's not going to matter. It does matter if he's not with you. Listen, he's here with you every step of the day, every step, every step of the way, and every minute of the day, the Lord's with you. It doesn't matter if you're in a fast food joint. It doesn't matter if you're in your work. It doesn't matter if you're in your home. He's with you all the time. You ought to know him. You ought to know him as far as what his will is, what he wants for your life. And I'm just trying to tell you that you're not going to know him if you have confidence in the flesh. You're not going to know him if you don't count all things but loss. You're not going to know him if you, don't keep, if you keep looking at the past. You're not going to know him if you don't press for the mark. Paul said, that I may know him. And he was not talking about salvation. He was talking about the fellowship. Relationship, taking care of its salvation. Fellowship has to do with our regular communion with God. That I may know him. That I may know him. I was at a church the other week, and a young lady walked up to me and says, you're Pastor Hanks. Now, believe me, my first thought is I want to say, really? <laughs> I said, I am. I said, do we know each other? She says, I heard you speak, and I think the message she was referring to was probably two or three years ago. She says, I heard you speak, and I've never forgotten that she kept talking. She knew more about me than I knew about her. I, I, didn't, I didn't know what her name was. Can I tell you, I feel like that sometimes that's exactly how we are with God. God knows everything about us. And we don't even know what his name is. The big question for these young people is, what are you going to do after you graduate? But that's not the big question. The big question is, what is God's will for your life after you graduate? You know the only way you're going to know that is if you know him.
Hey, are you saved tonight? Say amen. amen. Okay, then you know him for salvation. But if I was going to say tonight, do you know him? Not salvation, sanctification. Not, not going to heaven, living the Christian life. Do you know him? What do you mean by that? What's your first thought when you get up in the morning? Did you read your Bible this today at all before you came to church service? Have you prayed or spent any amount of time in prayer besides over your food today? Do you know him? Can I just tell you something? He wants you to know him. My children, I, I have a hard time sometimes finding ways to just spend time with them. But I want to spend time with them for only one reason. I want to know them. I want to know them. Can I just tell you something? Your heavenly father, he wants you to know him. Only way you're going to make that happen, no confidence in the flesh. I'm not looking back. I'm going to press toward the mark. I'm going to count all things but loss. That's how you know him. Now, I don't know which one you are or are not doing, but can I just tell you, your main thing tonight should be simply this. God, I want to know you. If there's anything in my life, would you please move it out of the way? I want to know you. Would you bow your head and close your eyes tonight?